Today is May 28th, 2021, and our first story. Democrats are furious after the GOP has blocked the creation of the January 6th commission. But many Republicans defected and voted with Democrats. Republicans just aren't strong enough to stand up against the establishment. In our next story, Joe Biden's got a $6 trillion spending proposal, which is going to steal from the poor and give to the rich through hyperinflation. In our last story, something a bit more fun, a new video leak showing the radar depicting 14 UFOs swarming a U.S. naval vessel. Maybe actually a bit scary. Before we get started, leave us a good review. If you like the show, give us five stars. And if you really do support this kind of work, you must share this show. It's the best way to cut through the BS and get people informed. Now, let's get into that first story. The Republicans have blocked the creation of the January 6th commission. However, several Republicans did vote with Democrats on this, and 35 Republicans supported Democrats in the House to create a January 6th commission because the Republican Party is spineless and weak. And while they sit back exuding spinelessness, The Democrats push lies, lies that work to give them power, creating more problems for the rest of us. Now, most of you are familiar with January 6th because the media won't shut up about it almost five months later. Was it bad? In many respects, of course it was. People were fighting with cops, pushing their way through the line of officers, attacking them, throwing things at them, beating them, breaking their way through doors. It was a riot and it was bad. But many individuals were bewildered and befuddled, wandering through a building, seemingly confused. Many officers assisted the people who were there. Perhaps then a commission would have been a good thing. However, I'm of the opinion that it's time to shut up and move on. It was a single riot. It was a bad riot, but it's being weaponized by Democrats who are pushing falsehood. So it's probably better we just say no. The Democrats will never let it go. Maybe a commission would have been the opportunity for Republicans to present evidence, but it probably would have just been a very serious distraction and waste of our time. This is what bothers me about the Democratic Party. At a time when I'm typically talking about hyperinflation and Joe Biden's massive spending, which is destroying the economy, the Democrats just scream Donald Trump and they lie. And they're lying now about what happened on the 6th. One Democrat saying that multiple officers were beaten to death, which of course never happened. But this is the big lie from Democrats, the lie of January 6th, and they need it to be the most extreme and absurd possible. They say that we need it to heal, but it is a distraction because failed Democrat policies are destroying cities. And unfortunately for us, Republicans will never have the strength to actually confront Democrats and challenge them where they need to be challenged. Take a look at what happened with that. Uh, what, take a look at what happened with Donald Trump. Every single turn, there was a Democratic investigation, a Democrat investigation. They were accusing him of all sorts of scandals and nonsense. While Joe Biden himself has been accused, when have the Republicans done anything about this? In fact, several Republicans keep joining the Democrats because the longest time we had the unit party, Republican and Democratic establishment seemingly walking in lockstep, agreeing with basically everything and getting nothing done. And when Donald Trump stormed in and many Trump 
Republicans won. It changed things. And now you can see there is a fracturing in the Republican Party. The establishment neocon elites who defend Democrats, sacrificing their own constituents and the Democratic establishment, which has subjugated the left and manipulated young morons who believe in stupid socialist ideology into following them into electing the pro, the the most pro Wall Street imperialist faction this country has to offer. Sorry, I try not to be too insulting, but if you're a 20 something DSA type and you voted for the party of Wall Street and war, can't say I'm surprised. You have no idea what you're talking about. So let's take a look at what happened. I'm not going to start with the news about Republicans blocking the commission. I'm going to show you the lies from these Democrats. Before we get started, make sure you head over to TimCast.com and become a member by clicking the members only button and you'll get access to the members area with exclusive segments from some really awesome people. We just hung out with Lauren Chen. You know where you love her. If you want to watch that segment, sign up. But when you do, you are supporting my work as we expand this operation. We are a few weeks out from launching a newsroom, a few weeks out from a total overhaul of the website with new features. And it's only because of your support. So if you think people need to see the truth and have the lies called out because I'm going to debunk them for you right now, you must please share this video. If everybody who watched these videos shared them, then I'd be bigger than CNN overnight. Just one person now with a company and many more people. But this show, just me. And we're going to do more. And if you think what I do is better than CNN and MSNBC, and yes, even to an extent, Fox News, if you think channels like this need to succeed, share the video. I don't have a multi-million dollar marketing budget and YouTube doesn't prop me up like they do CNN. So if we want to challenge these lies, it's going to be up to us to share. Let's jump right into this story. Here's a tweet from Eric Garcia for Congress. He's got 142,000 followers, and he is running in California. He says police officers were beaten and killed on January 6th. What kind of person would be against investigating that day? Certainly not anyone who who claims to back the blue. Absolutely 100% false. Here's Hillary Clinton. An angry mob attacked our Capitol our lawmakers, and our election. They killed a policeman. And Republican leaders would rather we all not know more about what happened. Well, I mean, that's a fair point for suggesting Republicans probably should have some kind of investigation. So maybe these people could shut up. But you've seen how it goes. When Sondland was testifying in the Ukraine gate scandal against Trump, he said Trump explicitly said no quid pro quo. He then said, but in my opinion, I think he wanted one. What did we get? Fox News, Sondland, quote, Trump said no quid pro quo. That should be enough, right? CBS reports, Sondland confirms quid pro quo. It would be a waste of our time. And I think it was the right thing to shut this down. Now, I'll tell you what's sad. I'll tell you what's sad. Gladys Sicknick, the mother of Brian, who did die, she said, quote, My son, Brian Sicknick, died because of the insurrectionists who stormed the Capitol building on January 6th. He and his fellow officers fought for hours and hours against those animals who were trying to take over the Capitol building and destroy our democracy. Now, this is emotional manipulation meant to give political power to the Democrats because it is 100 percent false. From CBS News, Officer Brian Sicknick died of natural causes after defending Capitol on January 6th medical examiner says, I don't know what else you expect from me or anyone else. And I don't know if you can trust any of these news outlets. 
But if we are of the opinion that CBS, CNN, NBC, etc. are typically left biased, then when they say he died of natural causes, what am I supposed to say in response to these Democrats who are lying about what happened? What am I supposed to say other than these people are liars and, 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 and the big trouble? We don't get anybody pushing back. Some Republicans said no to the commission, but that is not pushing back. That's just standing. That's just being obstinate. If the Republicans were actual fighters, they would push back in much the same way the Democrats did with Donald Trump. Every single lie, every smear, every media campaign, every investigation, the Republicans don't do it. And by, by all means, you can say it's because the Republicans are principled. They're not, by the way. They're just weak and they like the establishment. Here's the story from NBC News. Republicans block independent commission to investigate attack on U.S. Capitol. The House passed legislation hit a dead end in the Senate due to a Republican opposition led by Senator Mitch McConnell. Now, as you can see from the ground news extension, bias across 63 sources show this story is left biased 55 percent. They say the vote was 54 in favor and 35 against short of the 60 needed to proceed making it the first bill of the new Democratic-controlled Congress to be thwarted by a filibuster on the Senate floor. Six GOP senators broke with their leadership and voted with 48 Democratic members to proceed the, to debate uh, the bill. Lisa Murkowski, Rob Portman, Ben Sass, Bill Cassidy, Mitt Romney, Susan Collins. Two Democrats and nine Republic, Republicans were absent. Senator Pat Toomey missed the vote due to a family commitment but would have voted yes to break a filibuster, his spokesman said. The bill passed the House last week by a vote of 252 to 175, with 35 Republicans in favor. It was negotiated by Benny Thompson, a Democrat, and John Katko, a Republican, the top Democrat and Republican of the House Homeland Security Committee. And this is the problem. When Donald Trump is falsely accused, every Democrat walks in lockstep. When Joe Biden is accused, Republicans defect and defend him. Keep voting for the Republicans. Keep doing it. The Capitol Police who are lying, keep voting, keep, keep back in the blue. The cops who have arrested people for COVID violations, who have gleefully arrested people on uh, unconstitutional laws pertaining to edict from governors, keep backing the blue. So it's not just the fault of the politicians. The political body reflects the voter base. That's right. Republican voters. Now, of course, the Trump sect of the Republican voter base is gung ho and ready for war, both figuratively and literally. But the Republican voters are just demure, I guess. They just give in and they elect people who just give it, who just give in, who won't stand up. Now, there are a lot of Republicans who voted for Donald Trump and many Trumpian politicians. You get Marjorie Taylor Greene, you get Matt Cates, you get Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz. They demand action. But too many Republicans will just vote for the R, no matter what it is. And that means as individuals who don't know and don't care, they elect politicians who don't know and don't care. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. 
But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or give them a call at 877-646-5347. Again, that number is 877-646-5347. NBC goes on to say, Katko won several concessions on behalf of his party, including splitting the 10 appointees to the commission evenly between the two parties. But Senate Republicans led by Mitch McConnell turned against the bill as some in the party feared a commission would be bad politics for them and undercut their goal of winning control of Congress in the 2022 election. Former President Donald Trump has pressured GOP leaders to oppose it, and McConnell called it a purely political exercise. Senator John Thune of South Dakota Uh, Number two Republican in the Senate told reporters last week that some of his colleagues had concerns the proposed commission's work could be weaponized against them in next year's midterm elections. It's got such a heavy political overtone to it, he said before the vote. uh, Senator Mike Braun said before the vote, which is another sign of Trump's iron grip on the party. The Friday vote was delayed after logjam after a logjam Thursday over a China competitiveness bill, which Senate leaders agreed to put off. Before the commission vote, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said to Republicans, what are you afraid of? The truth? Are you afraid that Donald Trump's big lie will be dispelled? What big lie? Oh, I know what Donald Trump says, but what does that have to do with you weaponizing January 6th for political power? The Democrats are such pathetic losers, such duplicitous, evil, spineless. Well, I shouldn't say spineless, evil, malevolent. We have serious economic crises. We have people being denied access to resources on the basis of race because of the Democrats. And this is what they dangle in front of their voter base to keep you distracted. Fortunately for us, the Democratic voters stopped paying attention a long time ago. But this just shows you what is wrong with our politics at large. The Republicans are losers who won't stand up for themselves. And the Democrats lie, cheat and steal to get whatever they want. Why should I care for either party? They go on to say, House Speaker Pelosi criticized McConnell and others for blocking the bill after Democrats agreed to everything the Republicans asked for. In bowing to McConnell's personal favor request, Republican senators surrendered to the January 6th mob assault. She said in a statement, Leader McConnell and Senate Republicans' denial of the truth of January 6th insurrection brings shame to the Senate. McConnell did not speak in the Senate chamber before or after the vote. Manchin disillusioned with McConnell. And there you go. Mansion. How does this guy get elected in West Virginia? Come on, West Virginia, you can do better than this. On Friday, centrist Democrat Mansion of West Virginia sounded increasingly upset with McConnell, saying his actions are complicating any chance we have to be bipartisan. No, it's you. I'm sick of it. Mitch McConnell makes it extremely difficult, Mansion said. Mitch is, I like to think, a person who understands this institution as well, if not better than anyone. He's making it so difficult on something as soon as this commission. 
The commission is something this country needs. Where are the Republicans to call for a commission on investigating Ukraine and Joe Biden's corruption? Pathetic. There's no excuse. It's just pure raw politics. And that's just so, so disheartening. So I tell you what, you want to talk about real leadership in the GOP? Mitch McConnell going to Manchin and saying, I will support this if you support a commission to investigate new evidence against Joe Biden in the Ukraine scandal. I'm waiting. And when he says no, because they are defending a crooked man and his crooked and corrupt family, then you say, well, that's too bad, I guess. Senator Murkowski of Alaska ripped her colleagues who opposed the bill, accusing her party of bending to electoral concerns where there's more to be learned. You pathetic, pathetic losers. Stop voting for these people. Primary them. We just can't pretend that nothing bad happened or that people just got too excitable. Something bad happened. And it's important to lay that out. Yeah, what about the past year of Black Lives Matter riots? Said Republicans have an obligation to try and look at the truth, to be making a decision for the short term political gain at the expense of undertaking understanding and acknowledging what was in front of us on January 6th. I think we need to look at that critically. Is that really what this is about? Is everything is just one election cycle after another? Or are we going to acknowledge that as a country that is based on these principles of democracy? No, it isn't. It's a republic that we hold so dear. We have free and fair elections and we respect the results of those elections and we allow for a peaceful transition of power, she said. I kind of want that to endure beyond just one election cycle. Well, you know what? So long as the GOP is spineless and they won't actually fight for anything. And so long as Republican voters sit back with their with their hands under their butts and keep voting for the same people, this is going to happen. How does Mitch McConnell keep winning? I keep voting for him, I guess. Don't expect me to defend you when he does things like this. And I'll stress, you can be satisfied by him blocking this. But where is the actual fight? Where is McConnell saying we demand an investigation into Joe Biden? Marjorie Taylor Greene did it. That's it. You got one person. All right. I'm worried as a quote, as Murkowski spoke, Capitol Police Officer Eugene Goodman, who was lauded as a hero for his actions on January 6th to lure riders away from the Senate, stood only a few feet away. Later Thursday night in a controversial conversation witnessed by NBC News, Goodman showed Murkowski his phone and said, you're trending. She replied, wait, you were behind me that whole time? Murkowski then hugged Goodman. I'm worried between us, she said. Murkowski is so pathetic and the G- and Republicans just keep voting for these people. I know, I know. We'll see what happens when re-election comes up. I'm willing to bet they just re-elect all these people. On Thursday, Murkowski pushed back against characterizations by some of her colleagues that the storming of the Capitol during the certification was not a big deal. This was not a group of tourists coming through. This was not a protest that was mild. It's, 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 it's both. Some people were morons who just walked around and the door opened. And some people kicked and stormed their way in and bashed shields and fought with cops and grabbed them and hit them. It's both. Quote, so to suggest that somehow or other, this was not so bad. This was an attack on our capital designed to stop a process that has been in play for a century plus. When we move to allow for the peaceful transition of power from one administration to the next, she said. And in a lot of ways, this was substantially worse than any individual riot from Black Lives Matter. But when you have all of Black Lives Matter and Antifa smashing everything. 
and the Republicans do nothing. Okay. When the State Department then says to fly the flags of the people who destroyed cities, who burned buildings to the ground, and you have no one fighting back, so be it. I want to show you something. I want to talk about what Republicans should be doing. Let's talk about Joe Biden, a story I'm just absolutely sick of, but I think is absolutely important in this context. From the New York Post, Hunter Biden's Ukraine salary was cut two months after Joe Biden left office. Hmm, that's strange. And the ground news extension shows that the bias split across 22 sources, 95% Republican. I'm sorry, I should say right leaning. The left doesn't know this happened. Only the right reported this. I think it was one source about that actually covered it on the left. The Ukrainian energy company that was paying Hunter Biden $1 million a year cut his salary. Sorry, cut his monthly compensation in half two months after Joe Biden ceased being vice president. From May 2014, he was getting paid $83,000 a month to sit on the board. But in an email from March 19, 2017, Burisma executive Vadim Pazarsky asked Hunter to sign a new agreement. We are very much interested in working closely together. And the remuneration is still the highest in company uh, in the in the company and higher than the standard director's monthly fees. I'm sure you will find it both fair and reasonable. After the email, the amount listed on Hunter Biden's monthly Burisma invoices was reduced to forty one thousand five hundred effective from May 2017. The amount was paid in euros at the rate of between thirty five thousand and thirty six thirty six thousand one hundred per month based on currency fluctuations at the time. Hunter Biden was getting paid a million dollars a month. And then as soon as Joe Biden's out of office, Hunter Biden's compensation is slashed and they say it's still the highest in the company, the highest in the company and the higher higher than the standard director's monthly fees. So they admit when they were paying him 83 grand per month, it was more than anyone else and well beyond the standard. But Joe Biden is out of office and then they're like, you yeah, know, we're going to we're going to we're going to drop that down. So why do you think he was on the board? Who do you think was actually on the board? Yeah, Joe Biden was the real figurehead behind this. And Hunter was his intermediary. It's becoming more and more clear. Has a single Republican come out and said impeach Joe Biden? Yes, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Of course, Trump has. But where's the rest of the GOP? Too busy saying whatever the Democrats tell them to say because they are losers. And the Republican voters keep voting for losers. It's a tough battle. Maybe in 2022, there will be a shift. Maybe there will be primary elections and these rhinos will get removed. Maybe. It's hard to say they're Republican in name only but when this is the MO for the Republicans. But let me show you. Let me back, back up what I'm saying. We got another story. Hunter Biden brought VP Joe to dinner with his shady business partners. Once again, across 22 sources, 95% are right wing. The left doesn't know about this. People like Murkowski, and, uh, you know, Ben Sass or whoever it was, you know, who, who were voting for this Democrat policy live in Democrat world. They follow only the news stories of the Democrats. They use the language of the Democrats. They agree with the Democrats. Why do you vote for these people? I don't understand. I really don't. The New York Post says Joe Biden met 
with Ukrainian, Russian, and Kazakhstani business associates of his sons at a dinner in Washington, D.C. while he was vice president. The dinner on April 16th, 2015 was held in the private garden room of Cafe Milano, a Georgetown institution whose catchphrase is where the world's most powerful people go. The next day, Hunter received an email from Vadim, from Vadim Pazarsky, an executive at Burisma, to thank him for introducing his father. Dear Hunter, thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving an opportunity to meet your father and spend some time together. It's really an honor and a pleasure. At the time, he was getting paid 83 grand a month. The guest list per, uh, prepared by Hunter three weeks before included Russian billionaire Yelena Baterina and her husband, corrupt former Moscow mayor Yuri Luzkov, who has since died. Baterina wired $3.5 million to Rosemont Seneca, Thornton LLC, a Delaware-based investment firm co-founded by Hunter and Devin Archer. So uh, Joe and Hunter go and meet with this corrupt Russian mayor, and then Hunter's company gets wired $3.5 million. It's funny, isn't it? The wires were flagged in suspicious activity reports provided by the Treasury to, a Senate, uh, to the Senate Republican inquiry into Hunter last year. They go on to say Hunter told guests before the dinner that his father would be attending. In one email, he appears to use his role in the board of the World Food Program as a cover story. Quote, OK, the reason for the dinner is ostensibly to discuss food security, writes Hunter on March 26 to Michael Carluzzo, son of the head of the Greek Orthodox Church. Dad will be there, but keep that between us for now. Are the Republicans going to come out and demand an inquiry into this new breaking news? Maybe Marjorie Taylor Greene will. That's it. Carluzos replies, everything is between us. All good. I know you mentioned your dad would probably join the dinner as well. Joe Biden met with his son's business partners, who shortly after sent money to his private company, to, to Hunter Biden's. Two months after Joe Biden left office, Hunter Biden loses money. I'm sorry. Occam's razor suggests that the, the, the solution that, takes, that, that has the least amount of assumptions tends to be the correct, the simpler solution. In this instance, are we to assume all of this is just a coincidence? That Joe Biden's getting paid to be on the board of a company where he doesn't speak the language? Ah, but he's a career as a, you know, he worked on the, the train company or whatever. Okay. Well, then what about his salary getting slashed? What about the investigations that got ended when Joe Biden intervened? You mean all of these are just coincidences? You mean that I have to make all of these assumptions about what really happened? Why would I do that instead of just saying it for what it is, t telling it uh, like it is? USA Today, another story almost exclusively reported on the right. The left doesn't know this. Biden, I never talked to son Hunter about overseas business dealings. OK, well, that's a lie. We know that's a lie now, unless, of course, Joe Biden met with Hunter Biden's business partners and they just never talked at all about anything Hunter Biden was doing work related. That makes absolutely no sense. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. How do, we, how do we get a political party to actually challenge the Democrats and call for these inquiries? 
Perhaps you need to call your politicians and make the demands. Perhaps there's just not enough of you or people like me who are willing to challenge the establishment. You can share this video across social media and hope that it bypasses the censorship and more people will wake up to what's going on. I've spoken with some people who are, you know, who said they were lefties, who said they were normies, and then they found my videos and helped them at least open the door to looking into news themselves. Call it whatever you want, paying attention to the media. But imagine you're someone who doesn't watch the news. Imagine you're of the, you know, of these news outlets that reported this story, 71% right wing, 95% for the other two. Imagine you're one of these lefties who's just not seeing these stories. You would not know. So when you get these Democrats like Hillary Clinton who lie and say that Officer Sicknick was killed, how would you know otherwise when the media isn't reporting this? Got to side with the audience. I experienced this firsthand when I worked for the ABC News Univision joint venture. They said, side with the audience. Well, what does that mean? If you report the news and your audience is okay hearing whatever. I talk about things that you know, people on the right disagree with all the time and people on the left disagree with all the time. And there's a good mix of people who watch my channels. A lot of people will like to lie and say that the people who watch my channels are overwhelmingly right wing. And it's absolutely not true. The ones who comment probably are because my opinions aren't entirely right wing, typically moderate left leaning. We've done a survey before. It's a fairly moderate show. What do we what do we do to get regular people to pay attention? What do we do to change the, the, the battle? Imagine it this way. It's like the octagon. It's like MMA. And the, the center is being dominated by the Democrats. The Republicans are constantly up against the ropes, struggling to push back. And the problem is that Republicans keep helping the Democrats, framing things the way they want them to be framed. At a certain point, you need to storm in, storm in to the center of the octagon. Take that ground, reframe the debate, reframe the debate. Of course, in the real world, it is about being peaceful, resourceful, and persuasive. Persuasive. You need to change the conversation. Don't call them autonomous zones. Call them no-go zones. Don't call these people uh, activists. Call them extremists. So long as they control the language, they control the framing. They'll say that the right on January 6th were terrorists. And Antifa are peaceful protesters. So don't use their language. Never use their language. And you know what I would do? If I, was, if I had family or friends and they were like, well, look, when these peaceful protests, I'd be like, oh, whoa, where? Where were the peaceful protests? Oh, you mean, wait, wait, you mean the violent extremism? And when they say there wasn't any, be like, I'm confused. I, I don't understand what you're talking about. No, the, 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 when, the, when they burned the buildings down, peaceful protests, I, I don't recall that. I do recall when they burned the buildings down. What are you talking about? I don't know. What do you mean? Look it up. Make them do it. Just act confused. Don't get angry. Don't say you're wrong. You're stupid. Just say, I, I don't know what peaceful protests you're referring to. Could you look up uh, uh, what you mean? Oh, peaceful protest. Well, that's a picture of a fire. I don't understand. Fire's peaceful? Use the Socratic method. Ask them questions. Make them answer for it. Show them a photo. Show them a news article and ask them, like, I, I, here's an article of a, a, bill, a police department was burnt to the ground. Isn't that a riot? What's a riot? What's a protest? Some of these people don't care. It's tribalism. Republicans as indivi uh, typically more individualists, that makes it more, much more difficult because the left is collectivist. 
They will just say whatever they have to say for their tribe to win. All they care about is owning the cons. It's funny when they when they project, you know, when they claim it's the right that does these things. They say that Donald Trump was colluding with Russia. Meanwhile, it's Joe Biden who's now refusing to sanction a Russian pipeline while shutting down American pipelines. It's Joe Biden who seems to be the one who met with a corrupt Russian and then got money wired to him. Projection is smart, though, because they say Donald Trump did this with Russia. And then when you come out and say, no, you did, they say, oh, please, you're just saying that. None of it matters now, though. The January 6th commission, whatever. The Democrats are lying. We know they're lying. They know we know they're lying and we know they know we know they're lying. But they know that most people don't care. And we think it matters. We think it matters, this fight. What's happening is the Democrats are doing everything in their power to dominate framing. That's all they have to do. So that regular people who don't pay attention only ever hear peaceful protest and insurrection. Republicans aren't smart enough to play that game. So the Republicans use the language of the left. And there you go. The framing, the battle, the Democrats have won. And it's because many Republicans join them. Primary these people. Don't let them just take the framing. Sorry, January 6th was a riot. Antifa was insurrection. The year of insurrection from Black Lives Matter and Antifa. And they won, though. They're flying their flags over our embassies. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. tonight at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you then. I have excellent news for all of those Democrat voters and progressives. The rich are going to get richer. Joe Biden proposes $6 trillion budget that would break debt records going back to World War II. And I say it's good news because now it means you get to keep ragging on the wealthy, You don't have to give up your political positions. There's no victory in sight. So you can keep complaining about the same things without fear of having to learn anything. You see, voting for Joe Biden was perfect if all you want to do is constantly complain about the rich and not actually have to do anything. And the best part is you'll be getting poorer while all of this happens, which will exacerbate the problem and make your claims that much more credible. It's great, isn't it? Voting for Joe Biden had the opposite impact the left claims they want to occur. Joe Biden's going to be spending ridiculous amounts of money. The debt will be uh, getting worse. The numbers are rather shocking. But the good news is for all of you who are particularly wealthy, if you're holding debt, that debt will become less valuable. So as long as you're holding hard assets, this is great news for the wealthy. Oh, just wonderful. Maybe you're somebody who owns uh, some homes, some cars, you have loans on them. Well, as the dollar loses value because of Joe Biden's mass spending spree, the amount of labor you owe to pay back those loans goes down. And the great news is for all those poor people, your purchasing power goes down. So you'll be less able to buy the things you need. You will not be able to get a loan for a house. But hey, have you seen the housing market lately? Oh, that's right. The people with money are buying up houses like crazy, walking in, just dropping cash on the table or buying property sight unseen. Poor people, good luck getting rent. You're not going to get approved. You got a thousand bucks in savings. It's only worth 400 bucks now after last year. Who knows? Maybe not 400. But Max Kaiser was on the IRL podcast this uh, past week, and he said, 
that, uh, or was it like two weeks ago now? Wow, it's been a while. He said that uh, inflation's probably closer to 10 or 15%. Now, maybe max is not right. I don't know. The, uh, apparently, the number right now is 4.2% inflation, which is still ridiculously high. But I trust Max. Why? Well, these people in government are going to lie to you. I know it may be shocking to learn, but they're going to lie to you. They don't want you to know how bad things really are. They don't want the poor people freaking out. But the cost of goods, are, it's, it's already skyrocketing. So what does that mean for rich people? It means nothing. I mean, people who had the money to buy a ton of Bitcoin or a bunch of ridiculous cryptocurrencies and, not, and who are smart investors and held on to it, have been laughing the whole way through. The, the, the value of the debt of the rich is going down. The, 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 the value that they owe is going down and their hard assets are going up. It's perfect. It's perfect. If you are, if you are an oligarchist, you should be very pleased. The Daily Caller reports, Joe Biden is expected to propose a $6 trillion budget for 2022 that would break World War II era debt records. The New York Times reported Thursday, the budget will drive federal spending to $8.2 trillion by 2031. According to the Times, federal debt would reach 117% of economic output by 2031 and would break the record set by the United States in World War II by 2024. The budget is expected to include money from traditional infrastructure needs, such as roads, pipes, and broadband internet, as well as child care subsidies, universal pre-kindergarten, and national paid parental leave, according to the Times. The budget will reportedly be financed by increased taxes on corporations and wealthier Americans. But the hikes will not be enough to finance the entirety of Biden's proposal. This is similar to the American Rescue Plan, which, was, which is expected to raise the debt by $3.8 trillion by 2031, according to the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget. Many states, including big spending, California, Illinois, and New York, already have budget surpluses as a result of federal bailout money from the ARP. Many economists believe that the large amounts of cash dispersed by the Biden administration through the ARP are a key cause of current levels of inflation. When you add $1.9 trillion to an economy that is only $400 billion away from its optimal performance, you're going to have a lot of excess spending that just goes into higher prices and inflation. We're starting to see that now. The Manhattan Institute economist Brian Reitel told the Daily Caller in an early May interview. Larry Summers, he is a former Clinton and Obama official, is warning about inflation. I don't think these people care about the poor. I mean, I shouldn't even have to say it because it's just obviously true. They don't care about you and they're going to make your life worse. Man, I'll tell you, you know, the worst possible thing about all of this is imagine being someone of modest means, which most of you probably are. And you vote against Joe Biden because, you know, 2019 was one of the best economies we've had in a long time, albeit the debt was still going up. So it's probably still getting worse. But we had a good economy and you think, OK, all the spending's bad. And then these Democrats vote for Joe Biden, having no idea how any of this stuff works, and mostly just because they hate Donald Trump. And now you get to watch as your savings dwindles. What's that? Gasoline at a seven year high. So when you work for one solid hour and get paid 15, let's say 20 bucks, let's say you get paid $20 in one hour under Trump, you could have bought yourself like 12 or 13 gallons of gas. Now, under Joe Biden, you work for that one hour, you're going to be getting yourself like three or four gallons of gas. 
No, seriously. I mean, it was like a dollar something under Trump. And now it's up to like $4. So that means you have to work four or five times as much to get the same amount you would have gotten under Donald Trump. All right. I mean, that's what they want. This all makes sense. If you look at the Build Back Better, if you look at the Great Reset Initiative, the World Economic Forum, they don't want you buying stuff. They don't want you consuming. I mean, I got to be honest, people should probably not be over consuming anyway. But there's a big difference between buying an extra couch and tons of, you know, video game consoles and, you know, paying for gas and food. And that's, I guess, the point. They want people to stop buying a PlayStation. They don't want you buying new clothes. They want you to be stressed about whether or not you can buy food, but just enough to where you don't go insane and riot. Larry Summers is urging Washington to tap the brakes on stimulus stimulus, or risk unleashing a serious burst of inflation. I think policy is rather overdoing it, Summers said in, a rec- in recorded comments at, co- at a Coindesk conference that were released Wednesday. The sense of serenity and complacency being projected by the economic policymakers, that this is all something that can be easily managed as misplaced. I don't think he gets it. They want this. I will point out what may happen is we'll see a good economy and we'll see inflation. So with all of this spending, there's going to be a lot of money going into the system. What effectively happens is that the value of people's savings is being stripped away. It's a hidden tax so they can take your resources without you realizing it is so clever. Central banking, man, so smart. You have a hundred bucks. You can buy a hundred apples with it. So then they, they print another hundred dollars and all of a sudden you can only buy 50 apples. Your resources have been taken from you. They've been given to someone else and they call it that you could liken it to wealth redistribution. The only problem is it doesn't impact the ultra rich. The ultra rich have their wealth tied up in hard assets and some, you know, non fiat liquid assets. Take a look at all the rich people who bought crypto. It breaks my heart to see it. It really, really does. There were there were reports coming out about Bitcoin and this late, the latest price collapse, Elon Musk comes out and says, we're not doing Bitcoin anymore. And the price drops. And then, but people didn't realize apparently, and, and you got you definitely fact me on this one, because I was just reading some scuttlebutt. They were saying that $250 million in Bitcoin moved before Elon Musk made that call. Then everybody starts selling off their, their, their Bitcoin and their cryptocurrency. And most of those transactions were in the couple hundreds of dollars. That means it was regular working class people and poor people who were selling off their cryptocurrency. And then the ultra rich, what did they do? They bought up hundreds of millions of dollars in crypto. So it just got it it just gets worse. They have clever ways of constantly stealing the resources of the poor and poor people keep falling for it. It's uh, it, it, it is absolutely heartbreaking. The former Clinton and Obama official took issue with how the Federal Reserve and fiscal powers continue to turbocharge the economy, even though the once real risk of catastrophic deflationary spiral has since faded. We're taking very substantial risks on the inflation side, Summer said, in remarks originally made May 18th. Prices have risen sharply on everything from used cars to lumber to steel to food, and most of you know this. If you've been watching my, my channel, for instance, once viewed as a candidate to run the Fed, Summers pointed to how the central bank is signaling that the interest rates will remain very low for the foreseeable future and continues to buy $120 billion of bonds each month. The Fed's idea used to be that it removed the punch bowl before the party got good. 
Now the Fed's doctrine is that it will only remove the punch bowl after it sees some people staggering around drunk. This is going to be great. Let me let me let me let me show you something. It's going to make you it's going to make you laugh. It'll make you cry. And don't say I didn't warn you. You ever check the usdebtclock.org? usdebtclock.org. Check it out. We got a running a running chart of all this stuff. Now what I'm going to what I want to show you is the US debt clock now and I want to show you the projections for 2025. And if you if if you trust this, I don't I don't know if they're correct, but based on the data they've had tracking what's happening now, you will get some projections about the next four years, and it ain't looking good. So I, I, I understand. Look, if you're uh, of modest means, if you work a small job, if you're making 35, 40K a year, you're not going to be able to put away money like the rich are, like wealthier people, like the upper, upper class is going to be able to. And they're going to buy Bitcoin and gold, and they're going to invest, and they're not going to get hit by this. But you will. And that's thanks to Joe Biden. I genuinely believe Donald Trump wanted to help this country. I think Donald Trump loves America. I think he's got attitude problems. And I think the only thing he really cared about was America. He viewed America just as America. But the, the, the people like Biden, the establishment elites, they view America as the world. We're in charge of the world and we're the world police. And we dictate, so saith the petrodollar. Donald Trump didn't care. He's like, I don't care. I want factories back in America. I want Americans working. Well, they couldn't have that. Currently, the U.S. debt clock says the U.S. national debt, 28 trillion, 338 billion, 850 million and rising. It's going up so fast. I'm not going to continue to read the hundreds of thousands. U.S. federal spending is skyrocketing. The U.S. federal budget deficit is three trillion dollars. The debt per citizen is 85,000 and per taxpayer, 225,000. The U.S. federal tax revenue is about three trillion the revenue per citizen is 10,000. So it's not going well. But let me let me show you something. Let's go to the unfunded debt interest section here. They say savings per family, 36,389. Personal debt, 64,000. Total personal debt is 21 trillion. Credit card debt is nearly 1 trillion. Now here's where it gets crazy. The spent the, the U.S. federal debt to GDP right now is one hundred and twenty seven point nine one percent. In 2000, it was fifty seven. In 1980, it was thirty thirty four. In 1960, it was fifty two. That means the debt to GDP, we are massively incurring debt. Now, what, what happens with that? As the petrodollar, we can sort of get away with it because we have like, you know, all the guns. So when it comes to these other countries who can get really mad that the US dollar is being devalued and gas prices are going up, crude oil is going to start going up. What are they going to do about it? We got the aircraft carriers, we got the bombs, we got the planes, and that's how it works. But I do think you're going to start seeing instability because I mean, people are not going to be happy with this. I will I will add, however, these governments like the wealthy can easily hedge their dollars and probably probably be fine with storing their value somewhere else. If they want to buy oil, however, they will need those dollars. So they'll have to do some conversions. Let me jump to 2025 on the track we're on right now. And let this be a warning moving in to the, the, the next election cycle. I don't know if the U.S. debt clock's predictions are correct. But I think you should absolutely show this to uh, your friends and your family. Let them see this and say, on the current track we are on now, the U.S. national debt will reach $50 trillion in four years, almost doubling. 
the U.S. federal debt to GDP will be 192.37%. Now, here's where it gets really, really weird. Savings per family. They say liquid cash and personal savings for all U.S. families divided by the number of U.S. families. They're saying that in 2025, uh, 2025, the average, uh, the, the savings per family will be $500,000. That can't be right. Half a million dollars? Okay, hold on. Right now, they say the savings per family is $36,000. How could it be that there will be a more than 10x growth in savings? That doesn't make sense to me. Maybe that's just an error in their calculations. I don't know. Or maybe inflation will get so bad that people will have half a million dollars and it will be worthless because everybody's got half a million dollars. This is what the left doesn't understand about economics. The, the value of the dollar is relatively meaningless to a certain extent. Now, it's meaningful when it comes to your savings. I built a birdhouse. I sold it for $20. That $20 is supposed to get me enough to make another birdhouse. Let's put it this way. You run a business. You make birdhouses. It costs you 10 bucks to buy the materials. You make the birdhouse yourself for 20 bucks. That $10 is your profit. It allows you to buy a sandwich and a glass of milk. Now you have your lunch for the day off of one birdhouse. However, there's a little bit left over. So, so uh, hold, well, let me slow down. It costs you 10 bucks to make the birdhouse. You sell for 20 bucks. You take that $10. You take 10 of that dollars to buy more materials for a birdhouse and the other 10 to buy your sandwich and your milk. That's your, your, your profit, right? Okay. Now let's say you, you buy your materials for the birdhouse for 10 bucks and then you make a birdhouse. You sell it for 20 bucks and then you sit down, kick your feet up and say, I'll make another birdhouse tomorrow. Uh-oh. Tomorrow, the materials for your birdhouse cost 20 bucks. That means the work you did yesterday netted you zero. Oh, no. But you've already spent that $10 on your lunch. So now you only have $10 left thinking the price of lumber would stay the same. And it jumped up. Now you can't afford the basic materials to even make another birdhouse. You see the issue here. People on the left seem to think that $15 minimum wage is the magic wand that's going to change everything because they don't understand economics. You can remove the dollar from the equation and just talk about people working in exchange for other resources. Value. The numerical value of the dollar matters in a lot of ways. Don't get me wrong. But what really matters is how much we value the time of certain jobs being done. And the truth is there are many jobs we don't value. Working the register at McDonald's. We have kiosks that can do that now. So we don't value it all that much. Why are we going to pay more than minimum wage for it? Some places will pay 10, 12 bucks because they do still need some staff. Not more than the minimum. And that just shows they'd pay you less if they could. A lot of people would be working if that were the case. And here's what, ends, here's what you end up seeing. Once we realize that nobody really values the, the, key out, the, the, the um, cash register worker, because it's cheaper just to buy a kiosk, well, then we don't hire the, ca the, the cashier anymore. And that person no longer has a job because technology is cheaper than cheap labor. Why hire someone at all? This person now has zero access to generating resources to be able to buy the things they need. This is a very serious problem as technology advances. But the left seems to think they can force companies to pay more for something they don't value already. It doesn't work. 
there are some issues with the minimum wage that does work. So, you know, look at me, fairly centrist on the issue. It benefits us based on imported goods, certain uh, other uh, other countries and other areas that don't have a minimum wage. Their, their labor will still be valued very, very low. So I love how the left like sort of plays every issue. They're mad about Foxconn in, in, in China and the, 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 the horrible living conditions and wages these people uh, are paid, yet they don't want to pay more for their goods. And so they support these free trade agreements. Let me break it down for you. If we had legitimate communism, legitimate communism. I mean, like the way the utopian, you know, left feels about it. Your standard of living as an American would be in the gutter. You know why? Because we use overseas sweatshop labor and surf labor and slave labor. It's a reality. The left loves it. That's why they're they're criticized for using iPhones and things like that. And then they go around saying like, Ugh, I can participate. I can make society better even if I'm participating in it. That stupid comic by that guy who's not smart enough to realize how economics works. Okay. When you buy an iPhone, when you buy any smartphone, I hope you recognize that the reason you are able to afford it as an American is because they are paying someone dirt. Now, you're also paying a massive premium. I think it costs a couple hundred bucks to make an iPhone you buy for $1,000. So you're paying a massive premium then to that company so that those people can be rich. But still, if we were to normalize the salaries of every single person on the planet, the standard of living for everyone in America would drop precipitously. And in many of these other countries, it'd, it'd go up only a little bit. That's the reality, only a little bit. You see these CEOs, they make $13 million a year at these big companies, you know, with like 50,000 employees. And the left is like, we should, we should, you know, why are we paying this guy $13 million when we're only getting paid $15 an hour? He, he should give his money. It's like, how much would you really end up getting? How much would you get? Like 25 bucks? You'd get, you'd, you'd get 25 bucks. Now, I'm not a fan of these ultra rich people getting all this money because it gives them too much political power. But you don't solve the problem of it, wage inequality or wealth inequality by just saying someone can't be rich. I guess the idea is you don't let them be rich, then there's no inequality. So what? Cut off the tall grass and then everyone's equal? Yes, that's the idea. But that's not what's happening now. The rich are probably loving it because they've hedged their bets in, in many different ways. Bitcoin, gold, silver. Man, I bought gold last year. I bought silver uh, but at the beginning of the pandemic. It's almost double in price. Well, okay, it's up like 60%. It's crazy. Were you able to buy silver? Did you buy gold? Precious metals, man. I mean, Bitcoin was a better investment, but precious metals were also good. So I saw what was happening. I saw the inflation and I said, I'm going to put my savings into something because I don't need immediate access to it. But what if you're poor? You have a savings account, but you might need to pull from it. It's not so easy to pull from when it's a hard asset. It's not super difficult, but if you're buying silver, you got to go sell the silver and you'll probably lose a, you'll, you'll pay a premium. You'll lose a premium. You'll lose a bit when you sell it. Bitcoin's a, a good place in my opinion. That's, 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 that's what I'm doing. I'm not giving anybody advice, but the poor don't have that option. So here's what's going to happen. I think it's going to be bad for everyone right now. Most of the poor people, your savings are going to get wiped out, but debt is going to get devalued as well. So there's a net positive. I do think this can lead to, a, to an economic boom that will, but, but it will mostly benefit the ultra wealthy. It will make wealth inequality substantially worse. The, look, look at the net worth of Bezos and Zuckerberg skyrocketing in the past year because their money wasn't in US dollars. Well, you can thank Joe Biden for this. 
I hope you guys are ready for, for what happens when he keeps paying people not to work. And by 2025, we see a nearly $200 debt to GDP. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see y'all then. Before we get started, I have a disclaimer. Although there have been many stories about UFOs, it's probably not aliens. I know, but wait, before you X out that video and say, I just want to hear about aliens, we can talk about all the crazy conspiracies and what may be actually happening and combine that with, you know, Elon Musk's talk of simulism. And uh, maybe there's some weird stuff going on. It'll be fun to speculate about, but I think life is more boring than that. I mean, it's not really boring. You could make life, you, you, you make life what it is. But what it is, it is interesting to get these stories, whatever the UFOs may be. We're getting more and more reports. The government is releasing more information, even Obama's coming out. Many are concerned that is a distraction because there's so much going on. But there was the, the, the bill that got passed. I think this is in, in the uh, omnibus spending package said the U.S. government had to release information on UFOs. So I don't believe they pre-planned all of this by six or seven months. I mean, maybe to a certain degree, or maybe it's entirely possible. It's been so long. Information on UFOs has to come out. Perhaps there's a bunch of scenarios. I mean, first, here's the news. Quote, holy ish, they're going fast. Radar shows the USS Omaha being swarmed by 14 UFOs in the same incident. Spherical aircraft was filmed disappearing into Pacific Ocean. Aliens? Maybe. Probably not. Technology we don't know about? Now, that's where, where it gets scary. If it's not American technology, well, then our enemies have powerful weapons. And uh, well, that means we're in serious trouble. If war were to break out, we're not as strong as we think we are. But I think if it is weapons, it is technology, it's probably American or something else entirely. And we can get totally freaky with it because we're going to have to. I can just sit here and be like, we don't know what it is. I got no information other than look at this crazy video. Have a nice day. But what if? That's where we got to go. We got to go. What if? What if after the Manhattan Project, elements of the U.S. government and massive corporations and other U.S. allies realized that this technology was was too much, that there was there were weapons beyond the capabilities of man to control and would result in the destruction of this planet? What if the UFOs, you ever hear the story about the UFOs shutting off nuclear weapons? What if those weren't aliens? What if it was people being like, dude, we have to stop this. But what do you do? How do you tell Russia to knock it off? China to knock it off? U.S. knock it off? You can't. Because countries, I mean, some of these countries have been at war for a long time. Right now, Taiwan, China, serious conflict there, going back a long time. I was just popping over to Google Maps and I dropped the little, you know, you can drag a little guy and then drop him for Street View. And I dropped him on the, the edge, the western edge of Taiwan. And it's like, you can... I don't, I don't know. You might be able to see China off in the distance. It's not that far away. But either way, whether you can see it or not, China wants to take Taiwan. Taiwan believes it is independent and the actual government of, you know, OG China. I don't know a whole lot about, about their current political beliefs. But imagine being just across a, sh a small amount of ocean from a massive nation that wants to crush you. War is real, man. And it's scary. It is. So what if? That's where we should go. But first, let's read this news report and see what's the latest, because this is getting crazy. Swarming U.S. military vessels, naval vessels. 
The Daily Mail reports videos showing an unidentified flying object splashing down into the Pacific Ocean off the coast of San Diego two years ago appears to have been corroborated by military radar, which shows as many as 14 UFOs swarming a Navy combat ship while traveling at speeds of more than 160 miles an hour. Earlier this month, investigative filmmaker Jeremy Corbell released footage showing what appeared to be a spherical object floating in the air above the ocean as it was observed by the U.S. Navy sailors aboard the USS Omaha in July 2019. Corbell on Thursday released another video of the same incident. Only this clip shows military radar being observed by sailors on the Omaha. Daily Mail has reached out to the the DOD seeking comment. This is crazy stuff. They got it on radar. There's something there. It's cool. They say the image above is a February 2018 file photo of the littoral combat ship, the USS Omaha. Investigative filmmaker Jerry Corbell says the ship is one of nine U.S. warships that were swarmed by UFOs during the same period in July 2019. According to the website Mystery Wire, the radar seen in the video clip showed as many as 14 objects as they circled the warship. Sailors aboard the Omaha observed the objects and measured their speed using two different radar systems. One of the objects flew as fast as 138 knots, which is more than 158 miles an hour. Holy ish, they're going fast. One of the sailors has heard saying in the video. He then adds, oh, it's turning around. Corbell said he obtained the video from an anonymous source. The military does not know where these flying objects came from or disappeared to. Corbell told Mystery Wire that the Omaha was one of nine American warships that were warm, swarmed by UFOs during the same period. He said that video of the radar is corroborative, electro-optic data, the likes of which the world has never seen before. The video shows and supports the idea that there were a multitude of unknowns swarming our warships. It keeps saying warming. I wonder if this is a typo. Corbell said that the footage of the radar was obtained from an individual who works inside the Combat Information Center. It was filmed by a very special visual intelligence crew that came in and recorded the radar screens. At one point, the radar showed as many as 14 UFOs, but Corbell declined to provide that footage. He said that the release of the radar video was to debunk speculation that the initial footage showed showing the apparent flying saucer was faked or could be explained as a balloon dropping into the water. I've heard this. Have you heard this? Apparently, people are already coming out saying, no, no, it's fake. No, it was balloons. No, it was birds. Now you got radar. It supports the hypothesis that these are not just a balloon dropping into the water or not something that is easily explained, Corbell said. These are true, unidentified in mass numbers, where you have radar data that goes with with FLIR, forward-looking infrared data. In the initial video revealed earlier this month, U.S. naval personnel are seen having a close encounter with a UFO, this time a spherical object that makes a controlled descent into the ocean. Two unidentified crew members could be heard exclaiming, wow, it splashed after the ball made a controlled flight over the ocean, then splashed into the sea and disappeared underwater. Look at this. Still images from a newly released video show a spherical object diving into the Pacific Ocean off the coast of California. That's what uh, it says, according to Jeremy Corbell. What's the explanation for this? So we can see a map shows the region where fighter jets encountered the UFO off the coast of Virginia. They filmed the object making a controlled flight above the water for an extended period of time before it finally entered the ocean. It was released the same day that a U.S. Navy pilot told of how he and his colleagues saw UFOs off the Virginia coast so regularly they grew used to the ultra capable aircraft's presence. Former Navy Lieutenant 
Ryan Graves, <clears throat> who refers to UFOs as UAP, called, for, called them a threat to national security in an interview with 60 Minutes. He and his colleagues spotted the objects hundreds of times in protected airspace between 2015 and 2017, and also recorded an encounter off the coast of Jacksonville, Florida during the same time period. The 60 Minutes report came as the government is expected to release a report in June on UFO sightings after unclassified videos of them were leaked to the New York Times in 2017. Marco Rubio called for the detailed analysis after he viewed classified briefings on UAP while he was the head of the Senate Intelligence Committee Committee, and asked the director of national intelligence for an unclassified report. Respected former government officials have conceded that the sightings are credible and that the UFO's origins remain unknown. John Ratcliffe, the former DNI, told Fox News that these are not just eyewitness accounts. They're videos and measurements taken after multiple sensors that are picking up these things. When we talk about sightings, we're talking about objects that have been seen by Navy or Air Force pilots or have been picked up by satellite imagery that frankly engage in actions that are difficult to explain. Movements that are hard to replicate, that we don't have the technology for, or traveling at speeds that exceed the sound barrier without a sonic boom. The USS Omaha in 2019 is in restricted waters off the coast of SoCal, leaked May 2021. They say the USS Omaha filmed a round object making this controlled descent. We know this. Now, this is creepy, crazy stuff, man. What's really fascinating, are you familiar with cargo cults? So this is during World War II. In the Pacific Islands, there were a bunch of uncontacted Pacific tribes. I think it was Pacific. And they would see the, the, the fighter planes flying overhead. It may have been World War I. And so what they did was, because they didn't understand them, they built effigies of these flying things, hoping that they could summon them back. These vehicles, I guess they were using these islands as, as landing and ref, as bases and refueling stations, and the natives didn't understand, so they thought it was magic, it was gods. Well, we're an entirely different, we're, we're at an entirely different level of civilization at this point. We don't see weird objects and think it's God. We think, who is that? What is that? What are they doing? And what threat do they pose to us? We don't build effigies praying for their return. We build weapons to defend ourselves in the event they're hostile. So this is interesting. What if? What if these are aliens? Advanced technology flying overhead. And our response is markedly different from the cargo cults. Ours is more analytical and scientific. Would we go to war? What if one of these vehicles, vessels, whatever, approaches? What do you do? Have you guys seen the new Independence Day? It wasn't that good, but you know, the original Independence Day in the 90s, the aliens come. In the new one, spoiler alert, it's years old at this point, there is this big spherical object that approaches the moon base for the, you know, Earth planetary defense or whatever. So they shoot it down because they don't know what it is. And they assume hostile intentions. Turns out it wasn't hostile. It was trying to save them. But, you know, whatever. What if that's the case? What if these are coming here to help us? What if they're, if they're really aliens? I really don't think so. I'd love to believe. I want to believe. But there's just not evidence for that. Now, what is our evidence for? Humans invent things. Humans invent things in secret. And humans are pretty good at making crazy stuff. But I'm not entirely convinced it's human. You know why? I was talking to someone on the IRL podcast. I can't remember which guest this was, but they were talking about how it's, I think it was uh, uh, Tom Rogan, maybe, maybe it was his name, that it, it may not be, it may be aliens. Why? Any 
any technology of this scale would require massive production and resources. So unless there's secret underground mining facilities getting all the resources required to build these UFOs, we would know. That's right. We have spy satellites. Secrets, it's hard to, hard to come by these days. I mean, obviously there's information, but when it comes to things being built on the surface or even underwater or underground, we know. That's the craziest thing about it. The, the amount of resources to, to build, say, a nuclear submarine are tremendous. And we can see with satellites and with general intelligence gathering, we know when resources are being moved in certain areas. And then based on what they're sourcing, we have a general idea of what they're building. So what if they were building anti-gravity vehicles, China or Russia or who knows? We would probably see strange movements of resources we didn't quite understand. Now, what if we do see this? You see, this is where maybe it's not aliens. What if we do see this? What if the U.S. government does see China amassing all these resources? They ain't going to be telling us. It's not going to happen. So maybe they'll release some information, giving, you know, dangling something in front of us, but they're not going to tell us if there's super weapons out there. They're going to tell us if they've discovered anti-gravity. It's crazy stuff, though, man, because what if it is aliens? What if, what if aliens come to Earth? Right. We, we, you heard the story. It's this old conspiracy theory that all of the nuclear weapons got shut down by aliens. Do you guys know the story about the, the Russian submarine during the Cold War? And they got an alert that a nuke had been fired. And, the, and the, the captain or whatever of the submarine was like, I refuse to return fire. I will not be the man who condemns the planet or whatever. And everyone says like he saved the planet because it was a false alarm or something like that. What if it wasn't? What if these old conspiracies about aliens, and I guess it's not really a conspiracy because aliens aren't colluding to make a crime, but what if these stories are true that aliens shut down our nuclear weapons with technology we don't understand? What if this man did hit the button to fire that nuke and the alien said, no, it didn't happen. And the story we get is that he stood valiantly and said, no. I think reality is, uh, is, is fairly simple. The guy probably was like, I can't do it. I was, we, we were talking about the story of a full and semi-auto. Back in the day in Vietnam, they would just spray and pray. So they were like, you got to switch to semi-auto. But in the story, we also talked about how if you've watched um, The Men Who Stare at Goats, that movie, in the beginning, these young men who went to Vietnam were purposefully shooting over the Viet Cong, over them. Why? Because they didn't want to kill anybody. You know, when I heard that story, I was like, man, what if, what if it's, you know, it's, it's, it's true that this guy, you know, he didn't want to fire that nuke because people don't want to destroy. Sometimes they just feel like they have to. Well, they've started desensitizing people by using human shaped targets and things like that. Creepy. But anyway, I digress. What if there's aliens that are intervening on earth to force us in a certain direction? The Borg, you ever watch Star Trek? That would be creepy. What if what we're seeing with these UFOs is aliens intervening to stop damage to the planet and that the increase in frequency is due to the increasing environmental damage? I'm sure the climate change people who are also hippie, you know, conspiracy UFO or whatever types probably want to agree with that. Don't know for sure. I think the sad thing is, and I'm going to, you know, burst your bubble, I guess. Just just life is uh, life is very boring. Here we go. UFO sighting in New Jersey was actually just the good year blimp. While 2020 has been a pretty wild year, there was a perfectly reasonable explanation behind Monday's viral UFO sighting in Jersey. Who else saw the UFO today in Jersey on 21? Here's the video from TikTok. 
Here's another video. <laughs> this guy says, from this angle, it looks more like metal, but you can see how it looks like a blimp. I could understand thinking it was a UFO. I saw a blimp lit up at night decades ago and got all excited thinking it was a UFO. Nope, a blimp. Yeah, a blimp. That's just the blimp, dude. People saw that and they thought it was a UFO, but it's literally just a blimp with like a screen on it. I know, man. People want to believe because people want purpose and life is boring. It'd be cool if it was a UFO, but we build blimps all the time. This is the, one of the biggest challenges with exploring these things uh, or, or trying to find some kind of proof of aliens is that the reality is humans invent stuff. We're good at inventing stuff. We make weird stuff. And maybe we invented anti-gravity or some kind of inertial dampening and propulsion systems. And it's classified. That's what I was saying before. So, so let's talk about two other what ifs. And these are just wild speculation for fun. What if the U.S. military has developed these, this technology and they ain't just telling us, they're not going to tell us, they're not going to put it in the newspapers, they don't want us to know. But as they conduct tests and their reports, we eventually find out. What if they're not real stories? What if it's a psychological operation? What if these leaked videos are fake and they're doing it to freak out our adversaries, to make Russia think we got tech they don't know about? We've done it before. We have engaged in psyops just like this to freak out our enemies. That may be the case. Or what if a cabal of international elites at the turn of the 1900s with the advent in the next couple of decades of the atom bomb said world war will destroy us and they formed an enclave. You ever play Fallout 3? Uh, a cabal of elites who have used their vast resources to separate themselves from the laws of these countries and are secretly developing ultra powerful technology and weapons because so long as they have them, then there will not be a destructive world ending war. Are you familiar with the great filter? There's something called Fermi's paradox. It's a, it asks if, if the universe is so big, there should be intelligent life somewhere. And if so, why haven't we seen it? That's the question. And there's a bunch of proposed answers, one of which is the great filter in that any sufficiently intelligent species destroys itself once they get to a certain level of technology. Knowing this, what if we decided to create a secret cabal with powerful technology that could disable nuclear weapons and then stopped war from happening? And we did it a long time ago. Maybe not. Maybe people are just seeing normal things and then not explaining them very well. As for the USS Omaha, that I don't know. I don't understand how you explain some of these things. Many others can be explained very easily as, you know, birds, balloons, blimps, planes. You ever look at the sky and see what looks like a UFO? And then you're like, maybe it's just a plane or a satellite. It's crazy. I just tried out some night vision goggles recently when we had Forrest Cooper from, uh, Recoil Mag. You can see all, you can see the satellites. It's nuts. You look in the sky at night and you just see some stars. You put on night vision goggles, you can see the satellites moving. It's crazy stuff. And you can it's just it's just really really amazing. Sometimes you see things in the sky, you don't know what it is, so it is an unexplained aerial phenomenon or an unidentified flying object. But just because you can't identify it doesn't mean it's aliens or anything special. It might not even be a secret. Like, I think some reports have been drones. Like, now that we have drones all over the place, it's fascinating. People often bring up, now that everyone's got cell phones, we don't see UFOs all that often anymore. Maybe we never did. 
Maybe the photos that existed were just heavily circulated because it was unexplained and it was one photo or two photos. Now we have hundreds of millions of photos and maybe people now realize these things are just boring, normal stuff. Like there's one photo of a saucer and someone's like, it's just a Frisbee being thrown. Perhaps we want to believe there's something better, something bigger, something more fascinating because life is boring. We've lost purpose. And it's leading to a massive political conflict in the United States. The far left ending their purpose, the far right, and, you know, regular people just lacking purpose. Maybe UFOs and aliens will be a unifying force to end war, kind of like in the movie, uh, I'm sorry, in the, in the graphic novel, Watchmen, where Adri- uh, uh, um, Ozymandias stages an alien attack to unify Russia and the United States against a common enemy. Maybe there's the Galactic Federation. Wouldn't that be great? That's that's the joke I made on Joe Rogan when I said the Galactic Federation won't allow us to join so long as our planet is not unified under a single governing authority. And Joe just goes like, I don't think there's a Galactic Federation. I'm like, Joe, I'm kidding. Calm down, Joe. Come on. But wouldn't it be fun? Something to look forward to? A Galactic Federation that we got to join and then learn about so much more in the universe that the reality is is one one billionth of what we thought it was even after discovering the, the, the charged electromagnetic spectrum. That would be great. In reality, so far, we're alone. I don't think we, we are alone. I think there are, I mean, this is crazy stuff. I think there are, um, inte- I think there is intelligent life out there. But for now, we don't know about it. So we'll see. The math seems to suggest there is, but we'll see. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.